Hello and welcome back to the Blockchain.com podcast. My name is Garrick Heilman. I'm the head of research at Blockchain.com and a visiting fellow at the London School of Economics. This podcast features a recent conversation Blockchain.com co-founder Nicholas Carey and I had with Dr. Marcus Frankie, the co-founder of the Celo Stablecoin and Layer One blockchain platform. We were excited to recently announce that Blockchain.com and Celo have joined forces to bring the benefits of stablecoins to Europe. You can soon buy, sell, trade, and send and receive Celo Euro in the Blockchain.com wallet and exchange and also earn up to 4% annually in rewards by holding Celo Euros in your Blockchain.com rewards account. To celebrate this partnership, we're removing fees when buying Celo Euro on the Blockchain.com wallet. And on this podcast, we discuss with Marcus some critical questions around stablecoin designs, including Stablecoin 101 and how the Celo stablecoin is different from other stablecoin designs, what role Marcus sees for stablecoins with the rise of central bank digital currencies, and we discuss the future of stablecoins, how Marcus expects to see stablecoins used in the years to come. I'm really excited to introduce uh, Dr. Marcus Frankie, uh, co-creator of Celo. Marcus and the team at uh, Celo work to remove barriers and large-scale adoption of cryptocurrencies as a payment method. Their project has raised a large amount of funding and gathered support from uh, zeitgeist of uh, philosophers, academics, um, researchers, philanthropists, uh, and uh, really big-scale investors as well, uh, backed by Jack Dorsey, A16Z, many more. So um, very excited to, to learn more about the project um, and also uh, dig into some of the views you store around how we're going to get billions of people in the world to start to use crypto as a form of payment. So uh, please uh, welcome to the show. <laughs> Uh, we, we have a little tradition here, Marcus, so once you're unmuted, um, the very first question we ask everyone who's ever joined uh, one of our podcasts is, how did you earn your first buck, your first dollar, yen, euro, pound, uh, or maybe Deutschmark? Yeah, thanks for, for having me on the show, and thanks for this great introduction, Nick, and, and thank you, Garrick, as well. Um, really exciting to be here. Um, and yeah, it's a it's a it's a good question how I earned uh, my my first buck. It it was actually uh, my first buck was like a summer job during school, and uh, the interesting thing thing was is like not far away from from where I lived. Um, there's like this this uh, jewelry producer. And and uh, I I sorted diamonds for this jewelry producer and, and basically not like high value diamonds but very cheap ones, um, but this is where I earned my first buck um, and and uh, yeah that that was my first job. <laughs> I like nice shiny things. I uh, I can relate. I get it. <laughs> so um, before we get into some questions, um, I am excited to touch on an upcoming um, kind of pre announcement. We weren't sure exactly how to do this today, but uh, we felt um, at the top of this would be a great time to share that blockchain.com and Celo have joined forces to bring the benefits of stable coins to our European uh, market. So very soon, you're gonna be able to buy, sell, trade, send, receive Celo Euro, the C Euro in the blockchain.com wallet in exchange. You'll also be able to earn up to 4% in your rewards by holding the stable coin uh, inside the blockchain.com rewards account. That's a really big deal because everyone in Europe, as you know, are seeing negative interest rates for all their saving accounts. So this is a way to guard a little bit against um, wealth destruction in that way. 
really excited about that partnership. Um, so thank you so much for working with us on that. And uh, to celebrate it, we're going to be removing all the fees uh, when buying um, the Celo Euro coin uh, within the blockchain.com wallet for the first uh, month or so. So a great way to um, get access to a stable coin. We're going to be learning a little bit more about how that stable coin operates today. And uh, we've got the right guy for the job to explain all that with us now. So um, we learned how you earned your first buck, but how did you get into crypto, Marcus? Yeah, thanks. And yeah, also, I'm, I'm super excited about this partnership um, and, and having a seller euro um, on, on blockchain.com. I think this is really, really cool. Um, so I got, I'm, I'm an economist by background. So I studied economics. I did my PhD in economics um, and then worked in what I would call today um, traditional finance uh, for, for longer. So I worked at different research institutions doing doing basically research on uh, traditional economics and then also worked in investment banks um, as a banker, but also as an asset manager. And then uh, I think six years back, a good friend of mine told me about, on the one hand, how many people in the world are un or underbanked. Um, back then it was, was new to me that like today still 1.6 billion people in the world don't have access to the traditional um, financial system 1.1 billion people in the world don't have a government issued id and therefore maybe also don't get that easy access that that i have and that i'm used to um and and also i i then looked into how high costs um for like a simple financial transactions are around the world um so looking at the world bank report on remittances um this week you can see that basically the average while the average cost on of international remittances is 6.4 percent um, there are corridors and there's like quite a high number of corridors where the average cost is higher than 10%, higher than 20%. So especially in these countries where people are like earning much less, um, there the transfers are even more expensive. So we, and then this friend told me, now we have this big problem. We have basically so many people excluded from traditional finance and we have this powerful technology but nobody is using it for that. Basically, this powerful technology is used a lot for like trading and speculation, which is nice. It's a nice use case for that because settlement times are short, but you could use it so much more. So you could also use it to, to give these people access to the traditional financial system to build something open. And this is how I got into the space. Um, it, it really excited me and still excites me to work on that mission. Um, to, to build something more inclusive. And, and this is how I got into it. And Cello's mission today is still um, to build a financial system that creates conditions for prosperity for everyone. Um, and and I, I, I'm really happy to be part of this mission on, on, on building something like this. This is basically my story, how I got into crypto. I love that uh, story because the financial inclusion element to the work that um, the pioneers in the space are doing is probably one of the most important humanitarian efforts we can pursue. Um, poverty in the world causes the most amount of sadness and I think uh, incredible damage to our communities. And so giving people equal access to the same tools to manage their wealth and then trade that wealth um, is extraordinarily important. So. Uh, I'm very grateful to hear that story. And I think a lot of the work that the Celo team is doing is very deeply mission aligned with the same things we're trying to do here at blockchain.com um, by democratizing finance and giving everyone in the world access to an equal playing field. 
Um, we'd love to hear so the origin story for Cello. Um, so uh, talk a little bit about your role and, and how it got started. Um, we understand the mission now. So uh, yeah, what? How did it get going? Yeah, basically, when we when we talk about Cello in general, what it is um, and and what it could do, we we always mention like three very important parts of Cello. Basically, mobile, open, and real. Mobile. And I, I'll, I'll touch a bit more on these like three different parts, mobile in being a mobile first blockchain, um, open in being fully open source, fully decentralized, filling, being a open source um, and decentralized ecosystem of many, many, many builders and different projects around the world and real powering real use cases um, uh, like lending, borrowing, saving, sending remittances, micro work, all these use cases. Um, and my role on Cello is I'm, I'm an economist, so I'm, I, I focus on economics, uh, everything that is related to, to, to blockchain economics, to economic decisions on the blockchain. So when started to work on Cello, I, I focused a lot on how stability could and should look like. And this is also something we can talk about more later on. Um, so so I, I uh, put a lot of thought into designing um, the stability protocol with, with a great team, um, how we could make stable coins actually stable. Because on Celo, I mean, Celo is a layer one blockchain. It's a proof of stake blockchain, um, but it's also digital money and um, different uh, assets live on Celo. You already mentioned in the beginning the Celo Euro. Um, which is a stable coin that is tracking the value of the euro, but there's also the cello dollar tracking the value of the US dollar. So different um, stable coins. In future, we will see many more stable coins. Um, the, the community can decide on which other stable coins will be launched on Celo, since also the governance on Celo is fully decentralized and every Celo token holder can vote on governance decisions, for example, on which stable coins to launch next. And we have, for example, strong communities in Brazil and also in the Philippines that really would be interested to see a, a Celo Brazilian Real or a Celo Philippine Peso launching next on on on, on cello um so i i am trying to support the cello ecosystem by yeah uh, working on economics at c labs um, and c labs is basically one of the projects working on on cello one cool thing about cello is it currently is at least to my knowledge one of the most global ecosystems in the world there are currently builders in 113 countries around the world already it's a very fast growing uh, ecosystem in terms of yeah, numbers of developers uh, joining the community. Um, and, and we really would like to encourage more and more builders to build their um, solutions on top of Celo. The cool thing is it's similar to Ethereum. It's also like smart contracts are written in Solidity. It's compatible to the Ethereum virtual machine. So if you're, for example, an Ethereum developer and you think about developing for a mobile app, maybe you should consider also building something on, on Celo. Thank you for that great summary. I'm going to hand it off to Garrick, who is uh, also an economist by training, and I think we'll have some good questions for you. So uh, Garrick, after you. Full disclosure, economic historian. So slight, slightly <laughs> different uh, PhD than economics, but uh, appreciate that. Um, Marcus, it's uh, yeah, great to have you on. And, and uh, I think the first time 
I encountered Cello in live, live was at uh, a London DeFi conference a few years ago. I don't, was that you presenting uh, some empirical research or survey research you'd done in, in local markets on, on kind of financial inclusion, adoption? Is actually, that... yes, yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> and actually, basically the topic back then was a different kind of research. It was not so much to research on basically how a stable coin stays stable, but basically what features should a stable coin have so that many people could use it. Um, so some of the features of, of the seller like stable coins are on the seller blockchain, there's a basically you can link your a hash of your phone number to a, a public key, meaning you basically can find other users on the blockchain by just knowing their phone number, which is a cool feature because not in every country like people uh, have access to high performance computers and also not in every country. Uh, or not everyone has like a lot of knowledge about how to do transactions on a blockchain. So here, having this phone number feature allows more users to basically send stablecoin to each other. Another nice feature is that the Celo blockchain itself has a five second block time. So mm -hmm. every stablecoin settles with a transaction also settles within five seconds. So I just by knowing your phone number, I can now send you sell a dollar, sell euro, and it settles within five seconds, which is also cool. And also on the seller blockchain, the gas fees are super low, but also it has this nice feature that if I send you a sell a dollar transaction, um, I can actually basically pay for gas in sell a dollars. If I send you sell a euros, I can pay gas in, in sell a euros. And therefore, yeah, we really hope that, that this allows more people to use these stable coins for real use cases, for real transactions and this is actually in the end the research we did back then what would people need as features from a blockchain um, and from from a stable coin um, to to use it and therefore it's pretty cool going forward on blockchain.com you could basically buy sell a euro you could uh, hold it there and and earn a reward and basically instead of saving in euros and getting negative interest rates even maybe um, you could start to save in cello euros um, on at, at blockchain.com. So that's a nice feature. And then maybe one more thing on that. Uh, the one more thing is always something that excites me a lot as well. Cello <laughs> um, blockchain is also a carbon negative blockchain. Um, of course, transactions have less carbon emissions because it's a proof of stake blockchain and therefore less uh, energy intense than proof of work. But also um, at a um, governance level, there's a part of the block rewards that are used to plant trees, basically, in the yeah. end, together with some projects. And therefore, carbon emissions are offset, and therefore, it is even carbon negative currently. Sorry for jumping into that, but this was basically the usability research was what I presented back in London. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm glad you you shared all of that, and um, I, I think for those who are new to to Celo and and um, crypto as well, it's important to highlight you know some of this kind of groundbreaking research that project teams like Celo are doing, looking at you know tough questions that often um, have been overlooked, and um, you know I, I've been invited to 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 talk to the IMF and World Bank about how can we get remittance costs down. And um, I think there's this kind of view sometimes that if they can just push a decree from high above, it will all magically happen and fees will go much, much lower. 
Um, but there's, I think, also another side to it, which is getting out into the field, doing original research like Cello has done um, that, that informs the product design. And, and uh, I think you guys should be uh, acknowledged and complimented on, on, on your groundwork there. Um, let's get into um, let's get into the the stablecoin now, and and you know stablecoins are in the news again. We just had the the White House uh, uh, release um, some guidance, regulatory guidance on stablecoins. But let's just start for for folks who are new. What exactly is a stablecoin, and then let's get into the Celo stablecoin, uh, how it's constructed. Yeah, and there's, I would say there are many different definitions on what a stablecoin is, and it's probably not like an academic exact definition but in the end it's basically an a token on a blockchain that that tracks the value of something else and there's something else and it's basically it is it gives you a stable exposure to this something else and this something else could be fiat currency and actually the majority of of stable coins are just us dollar based stable coins tracking the value of the us dollar um there's a simple reason why like many stable coins track the us dollar and there are not many or almost non-stable coins tracking the value of other currencies and this is that most of the stable coins out there are actually fiat backed stable coins and the us dollar has positive interest rates so as a protocol if you give out a fiat backed stable coin that is tracking the value of the us dollar if you do everything correct, then you should hold this US dollars as collateral um, for the stable coins. And you as a protocol then would earn interest income on, on the collateral and could finance your operations. This is not the case for, for example, the Euro, because in the Eurozone, we have mostly negative interest rates. And therefore, if you would like issue a fiat backed Euro based stable coin, um, you, you would even have to pay um, that that would be hard. Um, but coming back to stable coins, there are different ways how you could construct a stable coin. One I already mentioned, that's the probably easiest way how to construct it. That would be a fiat backed stable coin. And as the name suggests, it's backed by fiat and holds collateral in a bank. So the big advantages, it's pretty easy. The big disadvantages are it's not fully decentralized because there is a centralized entity in that system. It's a bank. And it's not fully transparent because users, if they would like get, like to get a full view on the stablecoin risk, they would need to do or would need to estimate the counterparty risk of this bank, the credit risk of this collateral um, in this bank, which is a tough job. And therefore, the regulators around the world actually say, if the major risk of a fiat-backed stablecoin is the bank collateral, then maybe we should regulate this bank collateral and should regulate the stablecoin as if it were a bank product, which makes a lot of sense. Um, then because these stablecoins are not really transparent, we saw other stablecoins coming into existence um, that are backed by, for example, crypto. The nice thing about crypto-backed stablecoins is it's much more decentralized um, because basically you could decentralize the governance and it's also much more transparent because you could actually verify if the collateral is actually there because it's in crypto and everyone could, could check if the collateral is there. The big problem now is that basically the two biggest risks of this stablecoin is of course the demand risk for this stablecoin. It's like I users actually using it basically and does this 
demand match with the supply of the stablecoin, the number of stablecoins that are out there. So, um, and the second risk, of course, the crypto collateral. It's volatile, and therefore the collateral could could be worth less. And therefore, there's a third and a newer generation of of stablecoins that are mostly or often labeled like algorithmic stablecoins. Um, where there is a smart contract-based protocol that acts a bit like a central bank. Basically, um, um, it's funding and contracting the supply of stablecoins depending on demand. Um, and I think this is pretty interesting um, because since it's smart contract-based, you could actually verify if this is actually working and if this protocol is doing what it's claiming to do. And therefore, it's very transparent. Um, cello dollars, cello euros, they're all algorithmic stable coins that have basically an on-chain mechanism that constantly allow you to ch exchange, for example, um, one cello dollar for one US dollar worth of collateral. Um, and basically, therefore, constantly allowing you to expand and contract the supply of stable coins so that it fits current levels of, of demand. Um, and and I, the other nice feature is now you have like a fully decentralized stable coin. Um, and you could also imagine other currencies. You're not like, you, you now can have a cello euro as well because you're not having to hold fiat somewhere in a bank that earns negative interest rate. You could now also have a cello euro um, and in future then the cello real, a cello peso and so many more currencies, which is a, a nice feature, I think. Yep. Yeah, that, that's, there's a lot to, lot to cover there. Thank you for that uh, in-depth um, discussion. And, and let me make two comments. One is uh, on the three different types of stable coins um, you described, you know, the fiat backed, the crypto collateralized, the fiat backed common ones that are supported on the, the blockchain.com platform include um, USD coin and Tether. Crypto collateralized, make or die is, is probably the most well-known and largest of those. And then the third, the algorithmic, which is where where Cello fits in is I, I think the most interesting and arguably the most challenging um, you know design uh, for for a stablecoin and 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 there have been some noteworthy efforts in the past and we're going to talk a, briefly about those um, basis being I think one of the most well known uh, attempts at creating a, a fully algorithmic stablecoin that closed down before launching actually but I just wanted to mention that for those who um, are newer to stablecoins and want to kind of dig more deeply into this outside of this webinar, we've published a couple of major stablecoin research reports. Go to the research page on the blockchain.com website and download our state of stablecoins reports for more in-depth um, details on these different designs. But, but let's talk about um, the collateral and a little, more, a little more about the underpinnings of the Celo stablecoin, uh, if you could, and how it actually operates. Yeah, happy to. And and first of all, I mean, depend like for all of these different stablecoin designs, having real users and having real use cases, basically having a real demand for the stablecoin is actually the best way um, how to make a stablecoin stable. Because if you have real users and real demand and real use cases, then then people need that stablecoin and then therefore uh, it can can stay stable. And this is why, of course, also a large part of the work of the whole Cello community is not only going into making the Cello stablecoins like usable and 
usable on a very simple like smartphone, even on feature phones, a $10 Android phone, because you have this ultra light client support on the Celo blockchain that makes basically sending it out a stablecoin transaction with a very simple phone super fast um, and 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 very cheap. And and this is something I I, I really like as a feature on in the Celo ecosystem that that there's a huge focus on building for real use cases. And for example, blockchain.com users who want to make payments in the future, they can save on blockchain.com by holding seller euros, earning rewards for them, but then also using seller euros for, for transactions, for remittances, sending it to family around the world. And instead of paying high remittances fee, just paying like a very low transaction fee that is less than a cent um, for, for a transaction, much less than a cent. So this is, I think, one very important example. Now, you mentioned Basecoin, and this is a very, very interesting example of an algorithmic stablecoin. Um, the great and still wonderful idea is basically that you have a protocol that expands and contracts the supply of stablecoin to matching, matching the current levels of demand. Um, Basecoin actually wanted to do auctions um, to do that. And basically, if the price would be higher and there's basically more demand for Basecoin, then they would auction off additional Basecoin. If the price would be lower at a centralized exchange, um, the price, uh, they, they would basically buy back in an auction stablecoin. This is a beautiful design because it expands and contracts the supply of stablecoin. I think the big, big challenge in that design is one, the auction takes time and it's not running constantly and therefore there's basically a delay and this delay if you scale as a as a, as a project can be very uh, difficult because actually you want constant stability you want to have like a constant pack uh, but you're not running auctions constantly so that was like i think a first challenge second challenge in an auction is actually you have to determine the amount that your auction offer buy back and to de determine this amount, you would make you would need to make an assumption on the demand function. Basically, how much would the price react if I now would auction off one million, one hundred million, or one thousand additional stablecoin? How much would the price go down? And this assumption is like almost impossible to make. And therefore, when we designed the seller stability mechanism, we we had like something market based in mind, um, where where basically you don't have this delay in auctions, and it's basically constantly allowing users. To, to either mint new stablecoin into, into existence or to basically uh, take stablecoin out of existence. And with this constant mechanism, you basically can then work on constant stability. And it worked great. I mean, even if in, in times where recently the, the crypto markets were super volatile, the Celo stablecoins, both Celo dollar and Celo euro, um, have been very, very stable. Um, and, and, and therefore, we're really happy with this mechanism. But of course, we, we continue to do research into the mechanism. Now, um, what I also like in for these like both algorithmic stable coins, but also the crypto-backed stable coins is it is a high degree of transparency. So every user can basically, if they can read code, they can look into the smart contract design and see if this is actually happening, what, what I'm telling you or, or, or others tell you about, about different blockchains, they can verify it. And also 
um, they can verify if the, the reserve assets basically that are underpinning these mechanisms are actually in place. Um, and also the cello ecosystem um, that is this smart contract based has a reserve. So basically the, the mechanism is based on expansions and contractions, but it, this mechanism is also underpinned by a reserve. This reserve holds many different assets. Of course, it holds the cello native asset, but it holds also uh, Bitcoin and ETH. Um, it now already also holds carbon credit on the cello blockchain. Um, and this is actually something that also excites me a lot with a design like this. You could in future even imagine nature backed currencies. Um, basically, you could imagine this reserve holding tokenized trees or tokenized clean water or tokenized clean air. Um, and, and therefore having basically uh, nature in the reserve backing currencies. This is actually an idea that is already in, in the initial white paper and in the initial cello white paper. It comes from a, a book um, called Sacred Economics by a philosopher called Charles Eisenstein. And, and he wrote in his book that whatever backs money, people tend to do more of, make more of. When gold backed money, people wanted to mint gold because it's like printing money. So if we could actually create a system where nature backs money, people would give a much higher value to nature. And, 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 and these assets, if, if, for example, trees would back money, then you could maybe hopefully see more people planting trees or saving trees because they have a higher value. And this is something which excites me where the cello ecosystem now is also very active. There's a lot of projects that, that like trying to build these things. There are a lot of projects that, that do research in that, that, that um, space. Um, and and it's, an, it's an exciting space. Trusted by millions since 2011, Blockchain.com has crossed over 1 trillion in crypto transactions and facilitates around one third of all Bitcoin network transactions. Securely store, trade and buy Bitcoin, Ethereum and other top cryptocurrencies on the Blockchain.com wallet and exchange. Go to Blockchain.com to get started today. I guess uh, a bit about central bank digital currency and stable coins, because this is another, um, I think, really important and, and a timely topic. We, we've been seeing in, in markets like the United States, more openness from uh, some central bank governors around the idea of maybe stable coins, in essence, serving as uh, central bank digital currency or playing the role many are envisioning a future central bank digital currency could play. And, uh, you know, that's just one example. I think there's different views uh, around the world. If you go to China, I don't think there's uh, an openness to, to, to that idea. I think this is going to be, you know, from what we can tell in China, a more state driven um, you know, central bank digital currency, more closely controlled by the government, um, less reliant, if at all, um, on the private sector. Uh, and I wondered, wondered if we could talk about Europe uh, and, and uh, you know, what you could see or imagine happening with the cell euro uh, and the ongoing discussions in Europe around central bank digital currency and just your thoughts on CBDC in general. 
Yeah, happy happy to talk about that. Um, and there's like two two parts to this um, discussion. I think one part is a bit about the regulation, and the other part is again like what what are central banks? What are we currently seeing in the central bank space? On the first part, on the regulation part, especially if you look into Europe, the European Commission is currently working on the markets in crypto asset regulation, or short MiCA. And it's really interesting to see for me that in MiCA they actually actively call out decentralized protocols and make and, and differentiate between decentralized protocols and protocols that, that have a centralized counterparty risk, like for example, fiat-backed protocols. And therefore, I think having having this separation is is already a very interesting and i think a very very right direction um that that also the regulation is going going uh, to a second part of this discussion is basically what do we see um when talking to central banks in the end i mean especially since for example also uh, social networks uh, announced that they that they are active in crypto uh, space and blockchain space every central bank on the in the world started to look at digital currencies they know that this technology is coming and they i think also know that they not always did the best job on the financial inclusion side they also did not always did the best job on for example yeah, innovation on, for example, settlement. If I would like send via the traditional banking system, via SWIFT a payment, I know that it settles between two and five days, depending if there's a bank holiday, depending if I send it before the cutoff time and so on. So it's funny how, how the traditional system um, still, still works. On the other hand, of course, looking in those, into this technology for central bank is, is scary, I would say, because uh, it, there's like already so much happening. Um, so central banks look into it and we would actually like to talk to each and every central bank out there and basically yeah, help them to understand the technology, help them to do research together and also help them to consider also a public network because if they would launch their central bank digital currency, for example, on Celo instead of a, um, a, a, a closed uh, technology, they would benefit from all this like features Celo has in terms of the mobile first features, they would benefit from a lot of interoperability that Celo has, which is nice. Um, and, and to support this, um, uh, C-Labs introduced Provo. Provo um, is, is basically an Esperanto word for trying out. Um, uh, Celo is an Esperanto word for purpose. Um, and Provo actually enables um, central banks to safely and securely explore digital currencies by just clicking and, and playing around in a sandbox to create a central bank digital currency in, on a testnet to, to basically test and iterate and future-proof um, and, and basically yeah, learn how transactions on, on, uh, on this technology would work. I actually can see in future, I mean, in countries, actually a competition of different types of currencies, of like central bank digital currencies, of nature-backed currencies, of maybe use case currencies, um, of currencies for, for saving and, and uh, currencies also for designed for transactions. Um, and, and I think this like future is really exciting because it enables a lot of innovation. Yeah, thank, thank you for that. Um, so I think you touched on something earlier 
uh, that I want to return to, which is you know the fact that today in the crypto space, U.S. dollar um, pegged or you know backed stablecoins dominate, and there have been some prior efforts to launch um, euro stablecoins with mixed results. You mentioned negative interest rates, which uh, certainly make operating a euro stablecoin uh, more problematic and more difficult. But I wondered if there might be other other challenges, other issues at play, and I think this is important to to talk uh, about, given that you know many people um, might wonder, you know, what what's the probability of, of success? You know, why why is this time different? Um, and and can you can you speak to that? What beyond um, you know uh, what we've already covered, you know, gives gives Cello a, a chance to to make you know the, this Euro product you know a huge success. Yeah, and I mean, there's basically two sides to it. On the one hand, of course, Cello, and I mentioned this, has this very international developer community that is quickly growing. And also the Cello Foundation is supporting this community by, for example, giving grants to projects who would like to build their own um, tools and their own like dApps on top of Cello. I think this is super, super important to build something like open and permissionless to allow projects in Europe as well as in Africa or Latin America or everywhere else in the world to build their own projects and products and, and, and therefore benefit from, from this technology. I think that is the first part of it. A second part of it is in addition to this like community of builders, um, Cello also has um, what we call the Alliance for Prosperity. The Alliance for Prosperity is an alliance of now, I think 150 mission aligned projects around the world that would like to use Cello technology and Cello currencies for like their users. Um, and they are very interesting like projects from all over the place in this alliance. So one like uh, set of alliance members are actually, uh, for example, charity organizations like Mercy Corps, Give Directly, or the Grameen Foundation that use cello technology for for basically the, having very efficient um, charity projects. For example, Grameen Foundation did a COVID relief program, but in this alliance for prosperity, they also other like technology companies like, for example, Deutsche Telekom, that is a one of the largest or the largest mobile carriers in the world with 242 million mobile clients um, that, uh, that could in future maybe be also be enabled to use basically cello stable coins to send remittances around the world with their mobile phone. We also have for example, pay you in this alliance for prosperity. For uh, in this alliance for prosperity, um, and pay you is like a large uh, payment uh, provider that that could allow in future merchants around the world to accept payments in in Celo. We also have, for example, Opera in there, which is a browser um, that um, that uh, integrates Celo stablecoins in their browser. So it's, I think. The difference here for the Cello ecosystem is basically this openness and these strong partners, including also now blockchain.com as a strong partner that enable use cases for these stable coins. And for example, on blockchain.com, the strong use cases, you could now earn um, interest um, on, on euro and, and basically 
you don't earn interest on euro in a bank account, but you now earn interest in cello euros and in, in blockchain.com. And this is a first exciting use case. And then when we have like maybe many builders listening to this to this call here, to this podcast, maybe they have like interesting ideas or would like to enable payments in their companies with cello euro um, because it reduces for them the cash handling costs. It reduces for them maybe basically the payment provider costs and they could accept payments you could have like lending and borrowing um, in, in in this currency and therefore i think like the openness of the ecosystem and the strengths of the ecosystem here now really makes a difference for for also the cellular euro yep yeah i just want to yeah re-emphasize uh that point you made thank you for advertising the blockchain.com interest earning opportunity on euros but four percent compared to effectively zero or negative uh, is a killer, you know, app is a killer use case by itself uh, that didn't exist a few years ago um, for for other euro backed stable coins or euro stable coins and and also you know um, we've seen you know giants like Mastercard you know announcing you know that that crypto is going to be supported on their payment network stable coins so the regulatory clarity that's coming the support from traditional payments giants. The, the DeFi landscape, the opportunities to earn interest, it's a really different world today than it was even 12 months ago. Uh, and, and um, you know, in other words, don't let, don't let the history necessarily guide you completely when, when the landscape has shifted um, so radically, uh, in my view. Um, so we're, we're just about to uh, run out of time. Nick, I, I wanna give you a chance to come back with any last questions for, for the good doctor here. Um, <laughs> yeah, just it's been uh, watching the questions come in too. Um, you know, one here is uh, what's the vision in the next 10 to 20 years for Cello? Uh, I think that'd be a good way to conclude that. But maybe if you could add also, you know, some things you're excited about, um, you know, from either the foundation or the protocol team that you guys are working towards that you can tease out a little bit on over the next six months would be great. And um, yeah, and what else says here? The discussion is on another level. Thank you. We're all learning a lot. So uh, thank you both, Garrick and Marcus, for uh, your thoughtful contributions today. So, Marcus, we'll we'll end with that, and I'll have one short concluding uh, comment, and then we'll let everybody go. Exciting! I'm very happy that the community, the blockchain.com community, is like liking the discussion, um, and and happy to to continue this. Um, yeah, it's really exciting. I think one thing, two things that excite me a lot, and this is basically tying into this like vision for the future. One thing is like. On Celo, we now in future see like many different currencies. After Celo Euro, Celo Dollar, or I already mentioned it, it could be a Celo Peso, Celo Yen, a Celo Ruble, like all these currencies could, could launch on Celo. And then basically on, on places like blockchain.com, you could basically have like exposure to all these different currencies and you could like have your FX on this, but you could also have a opportunity to not only self uh, safe in Celo Euro, but also have an opportunity to send a remittances payment to your family that lives somewhere, somewhere else. And they can then turn it into their local cello currency and and do payments with that this is something that that uh, excites me a lot and this other thing is basically 
it's really exciting that that we with this technology with the cello technology we have the opportunity to also build something nice for the planet i mean as i said cello is carbon negative um, but also this this uh, vision of having tokenized trees on cello having like tokenized clean water tokenized uh, carbon credit tokenized removed carbon from the air everything on on cello is is really nice because it could actually provide also the incentives for each and everyone to to basically save the planet and maybe financial incentives are finally an incentive that that people then actually would act on um and and therefore this this excites me as well those are two things like having many different local currencies living on cello many different types of currencies maybe even local currencies use case currencies and so on um and also having these nature-backed currencies is something that that excites me uh, I think it's amazing that we get to have that conversation while the world's leaders meet uh, just north of here in uh, Scotland uh, for the UN Climate Change Conference, COP26 right now, um, in Dublin as well. So uh, very timely. I think what you've described is sort of, uh, you know, super affordable, accessible, cheap global payments, um, a carbon negative financial uh, system that's deeply integrated into the internet and uh, tools for wealth preservation in a world where we're seeing negative interest rates um, are all strong examples of uh, the world's community addressing the world's biggest challenges. Um, and so uh, I appreciate the open invitation to help build. And um, just to summarize a special announcement we're making today. So blockchain.com and Celo are very pleased to announce we've joined forces to bring the benefits of uh, stable coins to Europe. And uh, we'll be announcing uh, more details about this partnership in the very uh, near future, both online and blog and um, across our social channels. Uh, so uh, stay tuned for that. Thank you so much, uh, Marcus. Hope you have a wonderful uh, rest of the week. And I understand the, uh, you're down at the Web Summit Conference where the technologists are describing the future of the world and uh, recruiting people to join their ranks. So if you're at Web Summit uh, this week, definitely go find uh, the Cello team. And thank you to Dr. Eric Heilman, as usual. Um, for anyone that missed anything today, this uh, podcast will be available online on all of your favorite streaming services, as well as on YouTube. Um, and uh, thank everyone for their time today. Have a fantastic week, and we look forward to seeing you at the end of next month. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you're enjoying our podcast, please rate us and leave a review as it really helps boost our visibility to more listeners.